This is the Becoming a Better Man podcast, where men come to get over themselves so they can get to the next level for their health, wealth, and relationships in ways we never thought possible before, doing it together as one. going on guys welcome back to another episode of the becoming a better man podcast i'm your host dr jason wright and this week i want to talk about why you're struggling to get in shape this specifically for you online coaches out there just because i understand what it's like to be sitting all day for most of the day at work and you feel attached to your phone tablet laptop whatever the case might be So that's what we're going to talk about this week is some ways to manage that. Okay. So I know it's really easy to go forward with what's the best workout for me to do, right? That's always where our mind goes. Like what workout is going to be the most effective for me to lose 10 pounds, 20 pounds, 30 pounds even. Uh, I think the national average for uh, weight gain during COVID lockdowns, at least in 2020, it was somewhere around 32 and a half pounds, something like that. I could be wrong, but it's definitely in the 30 pound range. It's not like 10, 15. So um, I wanted to speak on this a little bit because one, that's what I do for guys who are, you know, online coaches and they're tired of hating their bodies and they're tired of it distracting them from being able to optimize their workflow, right? Because they're distracted. They're constantly trying to think about uh, these clothes aren't fitting quite right when I'm sitting at my desk or uh, what can I wear that's the most comfortable just because it needs to be a bigger size and I can't fit in it. But then I'm on these Zoom calls a lot of times throughout the day and I got to find a top half that fits while I wear my PJs on the bottom and it gets to be just a little too mentally taxing. So I wanted to talk about um, my approach this week. Okay, I want to talk about how I coach guys like you, right? If that sounds like you, I'm going to tell you exactly what I do for you and the way that I go about it. Um, While I do have an extensive background in exercise science and physiology and kinesiology, meaning that those are fancy words that smart people try to throw around to make you know that they know more than you. And I don't want to do that. So I want to put it in your language. Um, Basically, I've studied the human body and how it moves and the way its organs, tissues, systems, everything like that responds to different types of stress. There's good stress. There's bad stress. The good stress is things like exercise, right? Physical activity, being active. The bad stresses are things like work, relationship problems, personal struggles, fear, um, anxiety, peer pressure, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So there's good stress and there's bad stress. And it's all about finding the balance between those stresses. And we typically will find, guys, that we are stressed more in the bad stress kinds of way. There's distress, right? Um, We don't oftentimes find ourselves in a a productive period of good stress. So I want to talk about um, the importance of needing to balance that out in order to have the 
the body, have the life, have the, the mindset and the mentality of being able to manage how to take care of your body because it's overwhelming, right? Like you're good at what you do. No doubt about it. You are the, the expert in your field. You know exactly how to create their various um, business systems, whether they be uh, marketing, client fulfillment, um, you know, sales, system integration, creation, whatever your particular area of expertise might be in. However, there are limitations, right? Like we, we have to admit that we don't know what we don't know. And if you're smart and experienced and you have some wisdom and, and some morality about you, you are very well aware of what you don't know. And if you have a team, that's why you built the team, right? Because they know what you don't know. So this is what I know. Okay. And that's what I want to share with you guys this week. Um, I don't want there to be any kind of like mysterious mystique about it. Like, oh, it sounds like he's, he's helping guys with this, this thing. It sounds so great, yet so elusive and mysterious. So what's the catch, right? Like, I don't want there to be a catch this week. You either want to work with me or you don't. You're either serious about getting your shit together or you're not. I'm not going to try to talk you into it. I'm not going to try to sell you on it. It's your life. You can do what you want. But I'm telling you, if you've had any of these thoughts, you will benefit greatly from at least heeding some of this advice. So I hope you've got like a pen and paper handy. If I had like fancy visuals, if you're watching this on YouTube versus listening to it on the podcast, then you're um, probably going to be disappointed because I'm not going to put up the, vis- the visuals and the, the fancy editing tools because I don't edit, right? I just record and, and release. So um, maybe there's a certain degree of authenticity that comes with that. I, understand though on that medium of communication and a platform for uh, resources for people i am not up to speed so bear with me and i'm going to share as much knowledge as i can in as short a time as possible as i can while trying to cover not all the nuances that exist in it but at least a good chunk of them all right are you still with me are you okay if you don't have your pen and paper ready then take it out i'll wait for you all right i'm done waiting for you so Here are the things. So if somebody reaches out to me, so let's say you reach out to me, right? And you're unsure. You have tried this workout or that workout and you get frustrated. Why? Because you're tired of stopping or you're tired of starting and stopping the same shit over and over and over again for the last 10 years. Okay. You do, you have this, you have the same pattern. Okay. You get really motivated. You get really hyped up. Something's happened. So you caught a bad glimpse of yourself in a picture or you're just sick of what you see in the mirror or somebody made a comment and it rubbed you the wrong way and you acted like it didn't bother you, but you kind of took it home with you and you've ruminated on it. And so now after about three to four months of self-loathing, because that's how the process goes, now you're finally decided, all right, now's the time. I'm going to get serious about this. And it's usually like on a Sunday afternoon and you're like, you know what? screw all this stuff. I'm going to get my crap together and I'm going to do something about it. And you try to jump all in like Monday morning, you do your workout, you try to get really tired, really sweaty, and you think that you're doing something right. And then you try to restrict all your calories. You try to go through the pantry, you go through the fridge and you're just throwing everything out as best you can, because you're like, this isn't healthy stuff. I need to do something about this. It's not going to help me achieve this goal of losing that 10, 15, 20 pounds, whatever it is that you're wanting to do. And so you go all in, right? Like you're, you're 
going out or you're ordering online from Instacart or whatever, like the healthiest food you can find, like all the salads, uh, the kales, the vegetables, the, the leanest meat possible, or you're just going straight up vegan for a while or non-dairy just to see what you can do. Um, pescatarian, whatever the case might be, vegetarian. You think, yeah, I got to go all in on this. I got to get serious about this. And you might do really good with that for two days. All right. You might do really good with it for two weeks. If you've got some serious discipline, you can probably do it for a month or two. But what happens? Right. If you're anything like most of the guys that I've worked with, if you're anything like myself, when you try to go that hard and you try to go that all in, you're usually looking at the failure rate um, kicking in somewhere around week week 1.2, meaning about that second day into the second week, you're done. Or even after the first weekend, you're done, right? It's too hard. It's just, there's too many things that have come up. It seemed like you've cleared your schedule for it and being motivated for it for about the first four to five days. But then you've realized that you've neglected a lot of other things. A lot of important tasks and to-dos have gotten left by the wayside or some issue comes up with a client. And so now all your attention is diverted to putting out that fire or there's a problem with the team, right? Like if you've got a team member that's out or God forbid, like they've had a serious bout with, with COVID or something, you know, related along those lines with their health or personal situation circumstances, and they're no longer able to contribute in the same way that you're used to. So now you're having to pick up the slack. You're trying to figure out how to, how to plug the holes in the ship so it doesn't go down because your business is at stake, right? So what happens in that moment? You go back to where you're comfortable, right? You're comfortable in that business owner role, the entrepreneur role, the coach role, and all this stuff about managing your health and your fitness and your nutrition. It's, there's no time for that right now. The ship's sinking and I've got to divert all resources to the most immediate problem. Here's the thing. You never come back to your plan, because it's too hard. You've got two other things. Now, by this point, psychologically, you're telling yourself, this isn't the time, right? I don't need to waste time on this right now because I've got bigger problems. Or, ah, that's what I get for thinking that I could do this. It's just not for me um, until I can find something that works better, whether it be liposuction or plastic surgery or some kind of diet pill that comes out that's, you know, able to be effective before they take it off the market because the FDA is always right with what they put out for you. Um, that's how it goes, you know? And so what happens? You get frustrated, you get disappointed, and you start to believe that failure is the norm when it comes to improving the way that you look in the mirror, right? Like the main problem, right, that you want solved is I'm tired of hating my body, Secondary problem is I'm tired of hating my body and then failing for one reason or another when I try to do something about it. That's how it goes. And what the really good coaches do, and I like to think that I'm a really good coach, um, not because of my own thoughts about myself. I think every day that maybe I'm not doing enough for my people. Like, should I do more? Maybe if I eat the food for them and do the workout for them, maybe then I'll be the coach that I aspire to be. 
but no, I'm going off of client feedback and years of experience. So I've been doing this since 2006, right? Um, got a little experience behind it. And that, you know, scales anywhere from private clients, um, personal training to actual like corporate healthcare or not healthcare, even, yeah, there have been some healthcare settings um, where I was overseeing all their, you know, doctors, nurse practitioners, physician assistants, um, custodians, secretaries, every, I mean, receptionists, sorry, I've done your job before. I, I don't like being called a secretary either, but um, you know, going from, from the micro to the macro level of coaching people, I've seen it all. And those are usually the main factors. Now, some of the other factors when it comes to why people are hesitant or skeptical to want to um, engage back into a training program, especially with a, a trainer or a coach or something that's going to cost them a lot of money, right? Like I cost a lot of money, um, but I'm going to get you the solution to the main problem that you're solving. And not only that, but all of the secondary, ter- tertiary, and the fourth, fifth order problems that develop along the way. Because I know what it's like to fail. I know what it's like to try it and start it. I know what it's like to gain and lose the same 30 pounds over and over and over again for years. And, and that's even with the knowledge, right? So like the knowledge is free. The knowledge is out there. Knowing what to do, knowing how to diet, knowing how to exercise, that stuff's all out there for free, right? Yet you're still struggling with your body image. You're still struggling with your weight and your confidence and your ability to feel like you actually have some control over how your body looks instead of feeling like it's a roll of the dice, genetic lottery type of thing, which in some cases it is, but not every case. In fact, it's just knowing why we do what we don't do, right? Does that make sense? It's understanding why we do the things that we do to avoid doing the things that we know we need to be doing and that's where people like myself come in i understand the psychology behind it so yes the fear of failure again right the fear of not having time it's not necessarily a fear like it's more of an excuse um but it's it's time it's failure sometimes i've had a lot of people i guess because i'm a physical therapist they talk about how they're really scared to do it because what if they flare up an old injury or an old, you know, MD or Cairo or ortho or PT told them like, you should never lift your arms overhead again, like, or overhead shoulder press something again, or deadlift anything again, or squat anything again. Right. And so automatically that's filed away into the, the fear center of the brain. And you go, this is non-essential. Meanwhile, your waist keeps expanding and you spend less time actually looking in the mirror now when you get in and out of the shower. It's just lights on, lights off, don't look in there. Dry off, try not to pay attention. If you're watching this on YouTube, guys, I apologize. Like My eyes are driving me crazy. Um, I'm just rubbing the hell out of them and now they're redder than ever. So those are some of the, the primary excuses, right? It's I don't have enough time. I'm afraid I'm going to fail again. Uh, I don't have, you know, the body 
to be able to withstand the training that I want to do. And sometimes it's, uh, you know, sometimes just saying not knowing what to do. I think that can fall under some of those other categories, but that's, that's a lot of times like number four or five is I just feel like I don't know what to do to be successful. And um, some of that's a pride, pride thing, you know, to be able to admit that. So if you can admit those things, that's step one. Knowing what to do, like I said before, it's readily available information. It's out there. It's online. Knowing how to do a workout, that's online. Knowing what to eat, that's on. Like, you know that stuff. The real magic in why I do what I do and how that I do it is I spend more time trying to get you to understand why you failed before so as we can learn from that and not fail this time. So, for example... If I've got somebody that's reached out to me, um, I had a client do this um, right before Thanksgiving, right? Had his own training studio, right? Former personal trainer, yogi, all the above, like super, super intelligent guy. He knows this stuff, right? He's helped others accomplish these goals, yet he was still stuck. And believe it or not, it's been interesting. A lot of a lot of my clients have been former or current personal trainers or even physical therapists. How's a water break brought to you by liquid IV liquid IV. It's a single packet. You drop into your water and you get the hydration of three glasses of water in one um, liquid IV. No, I'm just kidding guys. They're not sponsoring me, but liquid IV, if you want to, um, I would love to promote your product because I'm a huge fan and, uh, and good for you for creating such a great, great product. But anyway, I digress. So you reached out to me, right, right before Thanksgiving. And, um, one of the, the main issues that came up was like, look, I know what I'm supposed to do. I'm just not doing it. And I hate my body. I feel like I'm carrying 30, 35 extra pounds that I don't need to be carrying around. And I've got big plans for my business going into 2021 where it's got a potential to be like a big seven, potentially eight figure year, even going into 2022, if I can show up and bring my A game. And I know bringing my A game is going to be if I'm at least 20 pounds lighter and not carrying around all this extra baggage on me and my joints are going to feel better and I'm going to be able to play with my kids because they're still young. And because I've got to sit all day at my computer, I don't want to feel about like, do I need to get warmed up after I stand up just before I try to go out there in the, in the rest of their house and play with the kids or go outside with them. So he, he laid out a lot of his pain points. So immediately my brain went to what have you tried before that was successful? Okay, and I've and I've even like evolved and adapted a lot of my approach um, even since then uh, because I learned a lot from my experience. Each client, I learned a lot about ways I could have done things differently, or if I did too much of something that wasn't effective, or if I needed to do something else that was better, uh, effective, and efficient for them to get there faster. Right? Like, can you reach your goals faster in a sustainable way? That's where I was wanting to go with him. Because he expressed his, his discomfort with how he felt about his body. For me, I saw it as a way of, 
yeah, I could give him something to get him there super fast, but in order to do this realistically, we need to try and stay on a, a scale between like a half pound to one, maybe two pounds of, of weight loss a week. And, um, taking that into consideration, I figured, you know, about five months of, of programming. If we do it in this method with the, um, similar type of frameworks that you've been successful with in the past, but trying to get to the root of why did you stop doing it? Right. That was the real, that's the real thing. Like you were successful with this before what changed. And so I I asked those questions because I want to get to the bottom of it. And I want you to see what's the issue holding you back. Is it a false belief? Is it a legitimate belief? Meaning is it something that you really had no control over? Or is it just something that you're telling yourself you have no control over? And we try to unpack that. Now, I could be one of those coaches that just say, hey, here's a great workout. Good luck with it. Go do something about it. And I'll check in with you all the time. And I'll watch you behind the scenes to make sure that you're you know, pushing yourself. You're trying to increase your weights each week or your reps. And um, you know, you're doing your check-ins and everything's looking good. I could do that, but I know that shit coaching and I don't want to do that, right? If I'm putting my name on something, I want it to be able to deliver. And so we have to approach it from a different angle. So if that's, if that's what you came for, right? If you're open to the other stuff, but if what you came for is just like, I really want a solid workout that I can do with my crazy schedule, working from home and, you know, can, can make it as efficient as possible yet effective to where that way I'm not having to just like go way above and beyond with my time trying to invest in researching grocery items or different types of equipment that I need to go seek out at a gym somewhere, whatever the case might be. I don't want to waste his time doing that, but if he, he came for those reasons, then that's where we would start. Right. And, and I believe, I believe that's kind of where he was coming from when he started. A lot of people do. A lot of people just think, guys, look, you think I just need the workout. Like it's a magic bullet. And so I might start there because we've got to establish some consistency somewhere. And usually for a lot of people, it's doing the shit that they really don't want to do. And that's getting your heart rate up, doing something hard, getting sweaty and, pushing or pulling or carrying or squatting or hinging or doing whatever, something that's heavy or heavier than what we'd like to do on a regular basis. So I, I, I would start there. If that's kind of your bigger hang up is just consistency with, with the workout because we have to establish that to be effective. But if you're one of those where, and this is where it gets really nuanced. If you're one of those where, you're really hung up on the past failures, then I might switch gears and go to something a little bit different. So instead of going like, Hey, we need to try and have you on track to be about two pounds down in the next two to three weeks. Instead of doing that, I try to go, if you can be at least 80% consistent with all the workouts I've got scheduled for you in the next two to four weeks, does that seem like a realistic goal for you? 
with your schedule, with your previous attempts, does that seem like something you can do? Can you commit to that? And usually the answer is always yes. Yeah, absolutely. I can do 100. Okay, good. We'll see about that. But I want to start from a place of success. And maybe it's a matter of being even simpler than that, right? Like, hey, can you find a way in your schedule to sleep seven to eight hours a night? Yeah, I think I can do that. Do that for about a week or so. It's like, oh, man. And then you're starting to see some other changes, right? Like, you're starting to see better food choices throughout the day because you're better rested or you're starting to find yourself more focused and have more energy throughout the day because you're better rested, right? And it's helping to regulate your hormones better because your body's able to get into deep REM sleep, meaning that body temperature lowers, heart rate slows, respiration rate slows, the body can heal, the body can cleanse itself, the body can do everything it's designed to do while we sleep in an effective way. So doing that kind of stuff, maybe that's where you might need to start. It does that. I can't say it's a one size fits all approach. And I'm telling you guys, anybody that is promising you a basic cut and dry, this is what you have to do. It's going to be the secret uh, ingredient to all your troubles. Run, run, because it's way more nuanced than that. You're going to try something that's not necessarily what you have the biggest need for at that time. It's multifaceted. So there's the sleep component. There's the time management component. There's the nutrition component. There's the emotional health component. There's the physical component, right? And it goes around and around and around, and they're all so interwoven and interconnected. You can't just focus on one without the other. And so if you come just looking for the workout, yes, I will essentially sell you on the workout, but then pretty quickly into the process, interject something that's pretty actionable yet easily obtainable with one of those other areas. So that way you can start to see like, Oh, Oh wow. That really was kind of the missing, the missing ingredient. Wasn't it? And I'm like, I'm ready for that. Let's yeah. Let's add that into the mix. Okay, good. So that's why I set up like these daily or even weekly objectives for you to hit because here's a list of what you need to do today at the top of the list. Usually is the workout. Right. If you're doing it three days a week or four days a week, um, some guys are like, yeah, man, I'm available six days a week. No, you're not. Let's let's settle down. Let's do three to start. Let's see how you adjust to three. If you can consistently do three and you feel like you're ready for more and your body's recovering well from the three, then we might be able to, to push it to four. But if it's if it's getting to where uh, you're wanting to go way too hard, too fast, then you're going to hit a lot of resistance and you're going to peter out pretty quickly. So that's how I, I, my mentality approaches when I'm trying to coach somebody. It's all very tailor-made. It's very custom. It's bespoke. So I, I want to make sure that I pay attention to the nuances of where you're at. And ultimately, ultimately, I'm always observing the psychology behind it. I'm always observing your behaviors, your choices. Huh, interesting. He, he decided to do his workout at... 8 p.m. instead of 8 a.m. That's interesting. And so we'll do a little time audit sometimes. Like, all right, lay out your lay out your average day for me. Let's go through it. Monday through Friday, what's it look like? And they'll do that. 
and we'll go through and we'll go, all right, here are opportunities for you to get your workout. And now I'll, I'll dissuade you against doing the night workouts simply because your body's not going to be able to come down from that fast enough for you to be able to get an effective night's sleep, period. And if you're not able to get an effective night's sleep, your metabolism is going to be slower. Your muscle synthesis is going to be impaired. And your ability to burn fat for fuel is going to suffer greatly because your hormones are going to be a little bit out of, a little bit out of whack and your body's going to be in a stress mode. And cortisol, meaning the stress hormone, is going to be a lot higher than it needs to be. So we got to find a balance somewhere. And so typically I'll, I'll try and tell guys like, look, the latest I'd like for you to be able to get your workout in would be like 5, maybe 6 p.m. Ultimately, like if we're following this thing called circadian rhythm, right? And sometimes it takes me a little while to, to get you to buy into that, is understanding that our body is cyclical, meaning we are meant to operate on a certain time frame. And that's why it's important to get out and get regular daylight and sunlight exposure, especially in the morning, because that helps to kind of keep us regulated with that, that circadian rhythm, meaning that you know, we wake up in the morning around the, the same time, we go to bed around the same time. And so usually across that cycle, right, somewhere around like 3 p.m., honestly, like male testosterone production is at its peak. And so especially if you're like you're wanting to get a workout in and a really effective one, if you can aim for that 2, 3 o'clock p.m. window, that would be ideal. But it's not always with your schedule. Like you might have you know, like team calls at 3 p.m. You might have some client stuff to get out of the way. You might be in fulfillment or a meeting or something, typically, with how you structure your day. Now, if you're not willing to restructure your day, then we have to find alternatives. And that's why a lot of times I shift to the morning, right? Get, get in the morning, get it out of the way. So that way you've got the rest of your day to focus on your clients, your business, yourself. So that's, that's kind of the struggle with the scheduling battle, right? So we've, we've covered already. I approach the, the fitness consistency, meaning how consistently you're able to commit to doing the workouts, right? So doing anything above baseline is going to get a result. But the baseline result is going to be pretty limiting in terms of how far it can go, right? You might see like a fast result, and then you're going to hit a plateau. And usually once you hit that plateau, that's where the psychology kicks in. And you're thinking, here we go again. This shit doesn't work. And so I'm wasting my time. I'm wasting my money but I'm more pissed about wasting my time again. And that's where, right. That's where I have to step in as the coach and go, all right. So you've probably noticed things are starting to slow down a little bit. Now, when you're ready, we have to be able to take a look at the nutrition component because that's going to make up the majority of the progress that you do or don't make. Right. We have to take that into consideration. And so I keep it simplified because especially when it comes to nutrition, it can be very complex, very complicated, very um, intimidating, right? Just like we thought going to the gym was intimidating, knowing what to do in the gym. Sometimes that's paling in comparison to understanding the nutritional component of it. So that's why I try to say, look, I'm not going to write out a specific meal plan or, you know, put your meals together for you. I can give you some, some guidelines, some templates, I want to try and essentially equip you with the tools that you need to be able to manage it long term. Because, yes, here's what we need to do to reach your desired goal. But then after we reach that goal, you need to have a plan in place to maintain 
that progress that's been made and make it a lifestyle, right? You can't always live in a deficit. You can't always live trying to race further and further down to the bottom of the caloric total goal because you're going to start really hampering your metabolic rate, meaning your metabolism is going to slow. And uh, you're going to start having some disordered eating on the other end of the spectrum, right? The under eating side of things. So that's not what we want to have happen. So by introducing, being willing to introduce the nutritional component, that means you've got to start making some sacrifices along the way. If you're serious about getting the result that you want and it not failing again and entrusting somebody like myself to make sure that you get that goal, I won't let you fail, but you have to follow the steps, right? And so just like when you're trying to get your money in order, right, you have to start budgeting, you have to start tracking income versus money spent, like revenue versus money's paid out. So you have to assess your cash flow. If you don't, then you can't understand the health of your business. Well, if we don't understand the energy flow with your body, then you can't have an accurate picture of the health of your body, meaning how can we effectively give your body what it needs to not only reach this goal, but to be healthy. You know, we have to be healthy, especially now more than ever, especially with COVID taking down people with, with more um, obesity rates than others, right? Like, What's the latest statistic was like 70% of the people that were hospitalized, whether they were vaccinated or unvaccinated, fell into the obese category. That's significant. That is significant. So the greatest prophylactic and the preventative task is to get your body healthy. And that all starts with what we put in it. You are what you eat 100%. So once you're willing to, to tackle that beast, meaning like, hey, I need you to track what you're eating. So usually what I do is I like, I like to have people use my fitness pal or Fitbit. One of those two things, because it's free, it's easy to use. They've got like scanners built into them. So all you gotta do is just scan it. Like earlier, I just, I had some piece of like, not a piece, but I had a, a container of yogurt. And so I was like, all right, I've not had this kind before. Instead of typing in all the, the stuff, trying to look up the name of it and the flavor, I'm just going to scan the barcode. Boom. Popped right up. All the calories, Fat, carbs, proteins, all the macro ingredients, like the macronutrients, that's what I'm looking for. That's what I'm trying to stay on top of because it's simpler, right? As long as I can eat a wide variety of food across the spectrum of colors and um, make sure that I'm getting plenty of, of vegetables and my micronutrients, that can be taken care of while focusing on total calories for the day, percentage of fats, percentage of carbs, percentage of proteins that make up that total calorie goal for the day. And um, once people are like, once you're ready to, to get serious about that, that's where the biggest progress is made. But that's also where um, the biggest hangups can be found as well, because especially if there's a lot of emotional um, trauma, so to speak, and food becomes a shelter or safe house, And then you've got some stranger like me knocking on the door of that safe house, trying to say, Hey, um, I'm coming in. I'm going to tell you how to rearrange the furniture in here. That's threatening. And you're going to want to buck against that pretty hard. So that's why I try to approach it a little bit differently. And I go, look, I'm going to do some calculations 
right? I'm going to understand kind of based on your height, your weight, your current activity level, um, what your goal weight is, what the time frame realistically in a healthy, sustainable way is going to be. Then we ultimately need to look at, at hitting this weight by this date, right? And it's usually in line with what your, your goal is when you come to me. Sometimes it's going to take longer than you want, but it's, it's better to lose it in a healthy way or better yet do some body recomposition, meaning you might not lose weight, right? You might even gain weight in some cases, but your body might look totally different. And ultimately that's what you came for because you didn't like the look of your body. And so that's what we focus on. We measure things, right? Just to have objective, we got to have data, right? Is this working? Is it not working? Not just does it feel like it's working. I like to know that it feels like it's working, but I also like for you to be able to get the tangible results that you came for. So if you're willing to start tracking, hey man, just start tracking everything you eat, everything that goes in, all right? I'm, let me be in charge of what you do with the energy expenditure, with the exercises, with the workouts. I've got those all dosed out to help you reach your goal. And it's also going to be important that we support that training style, that workout style with this particular set of caloric and macronutrient goals. So meaning like, all right, if it's a big weight loss goal, then, you know, I'll calculate your, your basal metabolic rate or even your resting metabolic rate. And we'll look at, all right, about how many calories do they burn at rest? Not an exact science. Like it's a calculation, there's some margin of error there, but it's fairly reliable thing to, to utilize just using pen to paper and not having the ability to hook you up with a mask, running on a treadmill, doing a VO2 max test, and then estimating um, you know, your current fitness level and, and all your metabolic rate systems from there. So, And I do all this remotely too. So it's, again, it's not an exact science, but it's a, at least a goal. And so after two weeks, then we can adjust the goal if we're either coming in over calorie goal or under the calorie goal, then we can adjust it and say, Hey, we're now we need to get back on track. So if you're willing to track all that kind of stuff and just making sure that when you get to the end of the day or after each meal, you're like, all right, so I'm, I'm still on track to hit, you know, 30% protein or, uh, 35% carbs or 30% fats. Okay, good. Yeah. So we're, we're good there. It's supposed to total 100, but, you know, forgive me there. I'm doing fake math in my head. So, yeah, I'd be 35, 35, 30. So, anyway, the, and that's where you want to try to come out. And as long as you can stay fairly consistent with that, there's going to be some wiggle room. Like some days you're going to come over 10%, 12%, under 10 15% other areas. But for the most part, you're striving and just thinking more about it. That's the biggest win right there. Once you start thinking more in, like instinctively and intentionally, about what we're eating and why we're eating it, then all of a sudden it makes the boogeyman go away. It's a lot less intimidating. It's a lot less scary to think, oh man, like somebody's going to be watching what I'm eating. Like I'm going to feel guilty and I can't, you know, hide behind my, my sweet treats or my ice cream or, you know, my whatever self-indulgent thing that we like to, to kind of treat ourselves with. So that's, that's how I approach that. I try to make it as simple as possible and I give you information as a reference to understand like, okay, here's why we're doing what we're doing to help you meet this goal. And here's how to do it. 
So then from there, it's just a matter of, of executing, right? The game plan's in place. You just have to execute. And as things change, right, as you lose and as you need to enter a different training cycle, then we adjust the percentages again. So maybe you would do better with a higher protein intake and a lower, you know, carb or fat intake. And so we adjust accordingly to that. And it's like, okay, so now by this point, if we've gotten a better understanding of portion sizes using kind of like the, the hand method, right? So, you know, serving a protein be about the size of your palm, um, serving a vegetable is about the size of your fist. So things like that, size, a portion size of, of fat intake needs to be about the size of a thumb, um, once you can start to like get the hang of that, that visual, like when you're putting it on your plate, it's like, okay, I'm, I'm starting to get the hang of this. So we've got the workout consistency. Now we're starting to understand the nutritional component. And then now all of a sudden it's like, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing some significant changes here. Right. But life's going to happen at some point. I hate to be the bearer of bad news. Life's going to happen at some point, like something emotionally might trigger it. Something um, with your business might trigger it. Some issue with the relationship might trigger it. Whatever it is, we've got to be prepared for it. So I think if you've struggled over and over and over again with consistency, with starting up a workout routine and seeing it to fruition, like seeing it through to the end, then there's a, an issue somewhere along the way where it's a self-worth hang-up, right? Like there's something that thinks like, I don't deserve to do something for myself that's going to benefit me and my health and my body and my self-image, right? Working out consistently, eating um, a healthy, varied, nutritious diet is something that is self-serving. It's something that is beneficial to yourself. It's something that's gonna, that you know is going to make you better and doing so in a way that honors you. Well, if it's easy to stray from that, because we want to think of all the excuses, well, schedule got messed up. Now it's my time again. Now it's my, oh, well, you know, she doesn't want to eat this at the house. So I've had to stop eating. I've had to start traveling a lot. So I can't eat really the way that I'm, I'm supposed to be eating. So I just kind of gave up for a week or two. Well, that was just a way to say uh, it wasn't perfect. So I quit. It wasn't perfect, so I quit. But no, that's, again, that's where I come in. I'm like, all right, so what's coming up this next week? What's a potential hangup that we need to be prepared for? All right, sweet. So you've normally been working out Monday, Wednesday, Friday, but you're going on this trip on Friday. So how can we shift it around to where you get your three workouts in in the four days of the week where you're not traveling, but you're also going to be really busy trying to prepare for that trip? So realistically, we might need to look at maybe cutting the workouts in half or uh, dosing a little bit differently. So that way you can still get the benefit of training three times a week for your body, right? And more so than anything for your mentality. So you can say, all right, I'm staying on track. My life is changing, but I'm staying committed to my goal. This is not another time where I'm failing because I've got a plan this time. Not just, I'm going to do it until I feel like I'm no longer motivated to do it. That's the difference. We create discipline, right? And action that leads to the motivation to keep going. But in order to keep going, we have the frameworks in place to be able to navigate whatever waters we have to swim through in order to ultimately reach your goal. And, um, you know, that's, that's kind of the, 
kind of the the thirty thousand foot view of it, if that makes sense. That again, without a specific example, it's hard to really go in depth uh, with like a deep dive of all right. So here's why I would dose this program for this person. So all right. So let's just say, for example, um, let's say they've got a, a a pretty decent body frame and they are able to carry um, you know a fair amount of muscle. Like they're not muscular by any means, but they're not scrawny. And it's not like they've got like this big gut. They've got a midsection that could stand to be a little bit slimmer because just statistically, if you carry a little bit more um, what we call adipose tissue, sounds better than saying fat, but adipose tissue around the midsection, that tends to predispose us to a greater risk for adverse health events like cardiac conditions, uh, metabolic conditions, diabetes, things of that nature. So um, wanting to target those type of areas but say like his schedule sucks. And so he's like, I'm, I'm really only available to do like a 30, 45 minute workout, you know, four days a week, something like that, three days a week. All right. So if it's three days a week, we need to go more full body. We need to look a little bit shorter, shorter rest intervals, a little bit more intensity during those shorter intervals of, of actual training. So that way we keep your body working under tension for a longer period of time with a, uh, a less, um, perceived rest break time. So we're not wasting time. Meanwhile, we have to make sure that we're hitting the right intensities at the right times in order to tax the right energy systems, meaning, you know, substrate utilization. So if um, we're just only doing like one minute of work at a time or two minutes of work at a time, then all right, cool. Like we're only hitting into this particular set of, of energy expenditure for our cells. Now, if we can hit those intervals and, and hit those peaks and valleys in the right uh, duration over time, then once we get into that 30-minute territory, that's where like, all right, now we're in fat-burning mode. Like Now we're in substrate utilization of, of fat as a fuel source. And now we can be more effective with the last few minutes that we have left. Um, and then meanwhile, the body's gotten the strength training effect from targeting the, the muscular strength and endurance systems. So it's like, all right, this is win-win. They're getting stronger, so they're going to generate more lean muscle mass. You're going to generate more lean muscle mass, which is going to raise your metabolic rate, so you're going to be burning more calories at rest. You're going to you know, maybe see a negligible difference in the scale, but at least you're going to start laying the groundwork, the foundations for being able to kind of be like a fat-burning machine over the next several weeks and months that we work together. All right, so... I would, I would tailor it that way. Um, and that's just because the science behind it, but it's also going to satisfy your fears of running out of time. Right. So like, if that's one of your big hangups, one of your objections to getting started, I don't really have the time for it. Well, what if I gave you the time for it? What if I made it more conducive to your schedule? I don't know. My schedule's pretty crazy. Really? Let's do a, let's do a time audit. Let's look at your schedule. Let's figure out where we need to rearrange things and where you can actually make time for it and where you have no time for it. Okay, so we do that. So we've taken two of those problems off your plate. Now what? Said so you didn't know what to do. So now we've got a plan. Here's exactly what we need to do in the gym. Okay, sweet. Well, I'm just not really sure about all the food stuff. I'm not really good at sticking with that. Well, what if I gave you a plan that laid it all out there that showed you exactly like here's what you need to do to reach the goals that you need to reach based on your own you know, verbalization to me with what you want. And then also kind of give you a step-by-step guide on how to stick with it 
no matter what you want to change up, like if, hey, I want to have this food today instead of that, great, you can do that. Why? Because the overall framework is there, right? You know about how many calories a day you need to eat. You know about the percentage of, of those calories that need to be fat, protein, and carbs, right? And as long as you're staying within that framework and you're having a, a balanced diet that's, you know, you're getting plenty of vegetables, you're getting all your greens, all the different colors, meaning you're also getting your micronutrients, you know, your, your fiber, your vitamin C's, A's, D's, all that good stuff. Um, that's also going to help with your, your thermoregulation and your hormonal um, balances, energy levels, all that good stuff that sounds like really complicated and complex. And it can be if you don't know about it. Um, so that's what I'm trying to condense it down into just like everyday dude language. Those are all the, the things that we have to take into consideration. Now, if behavior still continue to be a thing, it's like, okay, is this a, is this a program design problem? Is this something I need to modify? Or is this something I need to pay closer attention to because it's a behavior pattern problem? And do we need to get to the bottom of that? Meaning, all right, what's, what kind of beliefs are, are bouncing around in that head of, of this guy so I can try and steer him in a better direction? So now instead of a roadblock, it becomes a, an actual path forward. And that's kind of the nature of how I coach people, right? It's, all right, here's your big problem that you want solved. Great. You want to be able to have this body that you feel proud of again. Cool. We can do that. But I know what the, the objections that you're going to have are. I don't have enough time. I don't have, you know, the money for that. I don't have, um, the right type of food that I know I need to eat, or I'm not good at sticking with that, or it's hard to do with kids, or that's hard to do with my, my wife in the house. So that's hard to do for this or that. All right. So I've also got systems in place to help overcome all those other problems. Now what? Ultimately, if you're still hesitant by that point, it's, I don't know if I trust that I can do this. Right. That's the, that's the million dollar question. If I'm given everything I need to be successful with this endeavor, right? It's different than my business. My business, I know how to run. I'm confident there. But with my body, that's a different story. So you break all that down and you go, man, I just don't know if I trust myself to be successful with this. And so in order to be effective, you have to believe that you'll be successful. And then ultimately, if you agree to work with me, that's why you hire me. That's why you pay me all that money is to make sure that you're successful. And then it's a matter of trusting me. But usually by that point in the conversation, by that point in, in our talks of, of working together and kind of learning each other out and figuring out what's going to work and what's not going to work, usually that, by that point, you already trust me. Right? So that's not the issue. It's always going to kind of fall back to what are those, those self-limiting beliefs that you have? And that's why I think it's so important, guys, to reach out to somebody for help, for coaching. I've hired a coach to help me because I know what my bullshit is. I know that I'm going to make excuses because of my schedule and because of my clients, things getting crazy or things going on personally or with family or whatever. And I'm going to think, ah, the day just got away from me again today. I'm, I'm going to do it tomorrow, even though I know everything I'm supposed to do, Right. It wasn't until like I really started um, trying to build my own business, you know, from nothing, from scratch, that I learned like, wow, I've really got a lot of excuses as to why I don't want to take care of myself because I know it's happening and I hate myself that it's happening, yet it's still happening. 
that's where you're at. I know exactly what I'm supposed to do. I know how to do it, right? I've seen it work before. I've done it before. Why can't I do it now? Or why can I get to this certain point in my weight loss journey and I get stuck after about 10 pounds? Therein lies the rub. And that's what I do. That's what I help guys with. So anyway, I hope that helps at least kind of make some sense as to, if anything, from this episode, I want you to take away. I understand that there's more to it than just somebody giving me a workout program. And I understand now why I may or may not be successful being consistent with it. Is it the frequency, you know, is it I'm trying to do something four or five days a week when I'm really only probably going to do well at three days a week for a while? Is it, I don't really have a sustainable approach to my, my eating. Is it, okay, I'm trying to do this all at the wrong time of day. Or is it because I'm trying to do it with hardly any sleep and I'm thinking team no sleep is what's going to work for me. I'm doing it too late at night, so I can't sleep. And I'm trying to get up at 4 a.m. And then that's not effective. So um, hopefully it's been helpful to at least understand, like, maybe one of those areas are the areas where you're having some hangups. And so pay a little bit closer attention to that area. Figure out how you need to change some things around. And then go from there. And then time will tell. It's also, here's another bad factor, too. It takes time. And so that's why I try to design it in a way to where we can maximize the, the wins to start coming much sooner than would be easier to go take a diet pill or uh, go get a, an expensive surgery and recover from that and a painful surgery and try to recover from that. And then ultimately end up back in there because you've not developed the, the behavior modification strategies to avoid getting in that same boat again. So anyway, Guys, I hope this has been helpful. I hope it's been useful um, to you. If it has, please give me some feedback. I'd love to know that it's not falling on deaf ears and it makes sense to you at least. And if you have more questions about it, always reach out. You know my email, becomingabettermanpodcast at gmail.com. Follow me on Instagram, becoming underscore a underscore better underscore man. Right? It's not one word. <laughs> it's becoming a better man with underscores separating each, each word. Uh, shoot me a message there. I do kind of prefer email. Uh, I tend to check that more often for the podcast than I do that particular Instagram profile. But um, I do eventually check both. I do eventually check both. And if you'd like to su- support the show, right? If you're not sure you want to work with me one-on-one as a coach, at least if you'd like to support the podcast, check out the link in the show notes. It'll teach you how to do that. You just click on it. You pick which option you want to do for a monthly um, you know, support donation, really appreciate it and help support the show and keep it running uh, in the ways that you guys want it to. And uh, just appreciate all the love. Um, guys, I think I checked it last night. We're at like 24,000 downloads since starting this podcast uh, a little bit over a year ago. And that just blows my mind. You guys are great. Seriously, you guys are great. Um, reason why I stress physical health and importance so much is because it creates discipline. And that discipline creates better awareness of yourself and your behaviors. And once you get a better handle on your behaviors and understanding why you do what you do and the ways that you do it, then it bleeds over into every other area of your life to try and become a better man. It's not just physical. It transcends all things in our lives. 
but we have to have some physical discipline in order to create the emotional and relational and financial and professional discipline that is required of us to become the men that we always wanted to become. So I'm not saying it's a finite, a finite goal. It's not a finish line, but at least by the time we're done working together, you at least are well on your way to reaching your goal, right? Becoming a better man is an ongoing process for life, but at least you'll be able to have reached your physical goals. Okay. Guys, I appreciate each and every one of you. Seriously. I say that from the bottom of my heart. Um, but yeah, also, Oh, and, and kind of last thing too, I've had some, some new guys coming into the fold with the, uh, 21 day becoming a better man breakthrough. If that's something that you're interested in, it's like a hundred bucks, 21 days, you get a new, um, new module that comes out every day, kind of like a new lesson. You go through that lesson, you do a little exercise, just to get your body moving, get your blood pumping, help you kind of, uh, resonate with what you've read already that morning and watched on the video. It takes seriously like 15 minutes, max 15 minutes. Right. And like, I've got guys that have been there for a week going on two weeks now, and they're talking about how it's totally changed um, their approach to their days and things like that. So if that's a, a low level commitment that you're just like, ah, maybe I'll just do that. Maybe I don't need the one-on-one stuff. Um, then that's certainly a, an avenue to go if that is better suited for you. So anyway, guys, I appreciate each and every one of you, like I said, and uh, that's all i got for this week. Like I said, if you want to support the show, it's in the show notes. I've also got the description of a lot of what I talked about in the show notes as well. And I look forward to hearing what you guys have to say and share it with your friends. And we'll see you all next week. So that's it for this episode of Becoming a Better Man. If you found this episode helpful or interesting, something that you could apply to your everyday life, please post on your social media platforms what your takeaway was from this episode, as well as taking a screenshot with the tag Becoming a Better Man. So that way we can help spread the word on Instagram and Facebook and help get more men aligned with their purpose, trying to become better every day for themselves, their communities, and their families.